Welcome to Download. I'm back, baby. SPD. Oh man, it's a good to All see you. All elite brother. wrestling. I was never gone. I was watching though from afar, but uh, things happen. But I am back, better than ever. And what a show to um, to see tonight. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up the match card because you know those graphics that AEW does is just always spot on. Um, mm. I think. You know, we're we're still kind of buzzing this main event. It's kind of, you know, the Darby Allen we want to see as the champion, you know. We'll dive deep into that, but um, this card was great. You know, they kept emphasizing the whole time of, you know, two titles on the line, two titles on the line, and both title matches, I think, were home runs, really, honestly, you know, well fought, no great doubt. storytelling. And um, this is, you know, we were texting back and forth, and we know we did see the elite, we did see the pinnacle, we did see the inner circle, but in ring, you're talking the core groups we did not see no uh, young wrestle. And so this yep. was this was a true test, I think, you know, week two, you know, going solo on Wednesday, and I think they really nailed it, man. What do you think? Just well, yeah. I mean, brother, that, that was one of the things, like, you know, last week, I was jonesing, right? I, I could tell last week, AW, you and I have noticed, right? Like, yeah, they, they took the training wheels off now. Now, <laughs> the, the eyes are all eyes are on dynamite. You know, they broke that million viewer ratings last week. Well deserved. Um, I was dying to talk to you about it, man. And, you know, that trend continues this week, but I think it's even more impressive because, as you talked about, it's really something that you you opened my eyes to is that man they really look at how deep this roster is crayfish like look yeah. at just how what a showcase of the depth that this roster has you know you think about it you mentioned countless of the top top stars that we identify with dynamite mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like it was a lacking show whatsoever this was actually like from top to bottom we again you know throughout the show i'm talking through to you people on social this is another one of those shows where it felt like it didn't there was no no foot off the gas there was no coasting every match hit hard every match was really a banger um mm-hmm. everybody delivered tonight you know it was and it, for me what a great start to the show too i mean you get you like you start off with a bang and you have hangman <laughs> as your number one contender and i know SPD, Ricky Starks is a guy that you are firmly behind. I mean, you really have been an advocate for just what a star this guy feels like, right? Just oozes that confidence, that swagger. Um, and but I was waiting for you to bust out those moves, man. Every time we talk, the absolute, the, the stroke daddy, you have to bust out the guitar. Um, That's right. And, and it was that was a great match. It showed two very different styles of competitors. Um 
and it was a this was this was a a real like highlight of where AEW can go and the star power that it has beyond the the names that we know the Kenny Omegas and the Cody's and the Jericho's. Yeah, Adam Page and Ricky Starks are guys that you know are are draws. We're, we we mm-hmm. want to see more of these two guys, and I think that oh, that for sure. was a great way to start an episode that I think carried that theme on throughout. Man, you really. You really emphasize that to me. I think that you nailed it, brother. I think that that's a home run. I mean, the next match is another great example of the workmanship, the, the workhorses of, of this company. It's not just True. star powers, right? It's just it's not just guys who have charisma. It's two guys that can absolutely go in the ring. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I mean, yeah, what the a, Penta defeating Trent? Yeah. Question mark. Uh, I really enjoyed that. You know, his his first match, uh, Trent's first match back in uh, since the first year. Um, really, really enjoyed that high energy match, and it told another great story overall with with the finish and all that. But the one that really, I mean, I expected high hopes, and you know, it really delivered was the title women's title match, Sheeta defeating uh, Ty uh, Ty Conti. And honestly, it was going back and forth. I can't wait to chat with you about that one, but it really, really was a, a home run match. You know, the second half of it, especially. Absolutely, man. I mean, the women's division has really. Um, taken taken center stage in this company and they are not like they're not backing away anytime soon man i mean now that the spotlight has been firmly shut like just planted on that division uh, the work and the effort that has been built into developing the stars in that division has gone a long way man i'm really excited about what where that division is going to go from here um and I know you had to be happy to see that you know the the women's champion finally out there defending the title again. I mean, the longest yeah, reigning sure. champ. Uh, that that was a good one. Another one that was buzzing throughout the week, man. You talk about um, you know like the the story like the storylines that build this show, and one of the ones that's really had me captivated is <laughs> the the factory versus the nightmare family. I really am digging mm-hmm. um, the layers of that story. I like how it's involving characters that. You know, really, we see a lot of potential in, but didn't get a lot of shine, or di- didn't have like didn't have stories that gave them opportunities to have matches sure. week in and week out that build uh, that excitement. This definitely is going to continue to further that feud. Cutie Marshall and Billy Gunn went at it tonight, and QT, uh, of course had to get some licks in after the match. So there's a, there's a lot of lot in store still on that fam the Nightmare Family versus the Factory feud. I think that one's just getting started. Absolutely. And I am I'm, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of this week in and week out of of the new Factory formation, especially Anthony Gogo, man. That guy just exudes charisma. Um really enjoy him. You mm-hmm. know, uh Christian Cage is his second match versus Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, really really uh methodically done by Hobbs. I think he was a great, you know, felt like a veteran in the ring. Um, I enjoyed this one, man. Uh, just nonstop, you know, great matches that, you know, were like not necessarily super high energy, but just the pacing was well done. Mm-hmm. And especially in this match, I really enjoyed the pacing of it. A lot of intelligently fought matches tonight. I, yeah. I totally agree with you. I, I, that was one of the things that I noticed early on in the Starks match, just how mm-hmm. smart he was fighting that match, you know, um, and that trend continued throughout the night. Yeah. You know, you're going to go against a veteran like Christian Cage. Powerhouse Hobbs was definitely pushing the pace and throwing him around quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and and the, the match that I was really excited for, 
from a stylistic standpoint, I think this one really broke the trend of what we've seen in the Darby True. Allen championship reign to yeah. this point. We really believed, and no wonder why Jungle Boy was the fan's pick for an opponent. He's right. such a perfect fit against Darby. Um, really is. Their styles, their body, their body types, their styles, their approach in the ring um, really was nice to be able to have somebody who pushed Darby to showcase some of his submission talents, um, kind of force Darby to – really, I think, get into the mental aspect of a wrestling match rather than basically having that fight-or-flight mm -hmm. response throughout every single match he's in. He, you know, being on defensive all the time, it was nice right. to see Ar Darby push a little bit more of that offense in this match. SPD, let's get into the main one because that, that first match of the show, AW typically lay, likes to lay down the law, really likes to set the tone quickly in, in uh, Dynamite and, and hit hit the ground running. This was no uh, – there's nothing um, to say that this one couldn't deliver, and it did, man. This one absolutely um, had the star power going into it. You have Hangman Adam Page, our number one contender. Yep. Um, Ricky Starks, who really has proven, even amongst a group of Team Taz, that has a lot of turmoil going on right now. We obviously see Team Taz – uh, is maybe going off the rails, uh, but there's no denying that Ricky Starks, his career uh, has a lot of great things in store for him down the road. So I know this was a match that had had to have you intrigued, um, just knowing the competitors involved. When you saw this match announced, SPD, wh what did you think? Um, obviously, um, knowing the result now, where do you go from here? I mean, with 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 Hangman Page, is he now going to solidify himself? You think that it's it's no doubt he's going to be the guy who challenges Kenny Omega going forward? The momentum is on his side, and it wasn't just your typical uh, win out of him. You know, he we saw a, a submission finish, which typically, I mean, I don't think we've have seen a submission finish by Hangman Adam Page. You know that we've talked about the buckshot lariat being lariat being such a dominant finisher that we all, you know, we really, really enjoy. Um, so to get this convincing win on a star like Ricky Starks uh, with the a submission, and which was great, he really sold it, you know, later in the show, um, I think was just adds another, you know, notch on his belt, per se, his, his cowboy belt. But um, that just <laughs> makes him even more dangerous. Uh -huh. You know, Buckshot Lariat, great finish. Dominant one of the one of the, absolutely yeah, totally for sure. Agree with you. So this is this really um, you know unfortunately it's two great guys, two stars that AEW is going to grow with with these guys, and it's with that finish to me he he's establishing he's reestablishing just being the top dog. Uh, I'm curious when the he potentially has a low blow or you know kind of acknowledges the fact that he's a number one contender and mm -hmm. his ex best friends you know his ex stablemates because that interview last week he just kind of it blew it off about egg rolls you know so he ignored it with the dark order so um speaking of dark order with the dark order save too at the end of that so um huge i'm happy to see ricky starks back in the ring you know of course taz always on commentary he's mm. always making the match that much more exciting he he provides a great background to the match he uh, added jabs you know it you get two sides of taz i think with the commentary you get like the neutral one who can appreciate good competition appreciate um you know the rankings and everything like that, and then the jabs, and then after the match, you know, I'm over here, and just just low blows, oh, low blows, low blows. So um, it's another one of those where Taz, I think, needs to be featured week in and week out because just just his demeanor alone is just captivating. So um, 
big elite out of this one for me. Uh, two guys that I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kept a, a good story told the whole match. You know, I'm all for the storytelling, the storytelling, as you know. Um, mm-hmm. So this one to me was an elite. Where do they go from here? Hangman Adam Page. I mean, he's going to, he's going through, you know, we talked about it. Like what is, where does team Taz go? Is is it the team, you know, we had comments from the, the fans on social is the team jobbers now, you know, you can't have these guys losing nonstop and team Taz was 0-2 tonight. So, mm-hmm. but they were a, a convincing 0-2, if, but it's still, it's still breaking. 0-2 brother. Yeah. yeah. Record is a record. Yep. So, yeah, oh, and, and, and Team Taz is, I think, after this week, might not have any representation in the top five in the singles. I mean, I know Hobbs was uh, was on quite the streak, and as was Starks. I mean, it, going into this match, Ricky Starks was you know ten and zero in those last ten matches, yeah, right? So, that was a good point. Yeah, um, certainly was on a hot streak. Um, and, and when you look at, you know, I think Hobbs was was ranked fourth in in the rankings. If I if I don't. Uh, my memory serves me correctly, but after tonight, I think that, you know, unfortunately this team is just, there's a lot of chaos going on inside of it. I think that there's, um, you know, as a, as a death triangle fan, I was mm-hmm. concerned about Penta losing um, in his match with Trent getting that big comeback. Yeah. Um, and, and I felt like the death triangle was kind of losing a little steam from what we saw Pat Pac mm-hmm. and, and Phoenix lose their tag match. This stable uh, is setting the bar for a team that that is just really start struggling to find their footing. You could tell that uh, the, the the frustration is setting in. Um, even coming in with a you know post match uh, attack that happened in this one, right? I mean that that happened because the, these guys are frustrated with losing. Um, you know, so I I, I like seeing uh, Hook out there. I, I enjoy seeing Hook like getting involved later on in the show. Um, I, I think that Team Taz is at a crossroads um, after tonight. When you saw Starks, I mean, again, had a phenomenal mm-hmm. showing against Hangman. I, I thought, you know, kicking out of a, of a lariat from Hangman Page speaks volumes on, on Starks' toughness. Not just, I mean, we all speak, you know, vol- we speak a lot about how, t- st- you know, Ricky Starks has that charisma and has that swagger to him. But it, it's important to acknowledge what he does in the ring too. The guy can go um, has a, has an engine like very few in the business. So I, yeah. I thought that I think that you know the talent is there. It's undeniable. We all mm-hmm. agree that Team Taz has two absolute powerhouses. I mean, oh Will gosh, Hobbs, yeah, the two guys like the size of Will Hobbs and, and Brian Cage, and then you have a, a, a potential megastar and Ricky Starks. There's no reason why these guys shouldn't be huge successes in this company but true, it feels like and this is a real great example of how important chemistry is to, mm-hmm. to a team man these guys just do not have the chemistry you can tell they don't have each other's backs um and there's a little bit of that frustration setting in so um you know i i think that it's going to come to a head sooner than later my friend i, I think yeah. eventually we're going to see one of these you know Team Taz starting to go head to head with each other at some point. Um, so that said, man, I mean, when I think about like how important this match was for setting the tone for Dynamite, I felt like the next match was incredibly important for setting the tone for where where the Death Triangle and the best friends are going from here. I mean, Trent coming yeah. back was huge. Uh, you and I both agree that he, you know, that guy is an absolute workhorse in the ring. It was great mm-hmm. to see him back. I miss Trent a lot. Um, 
again, though, I, I felt like as a Death Triangle fan, as you know, taking away the analyst side of me and just really recognizing <laughs> as a fan of that group, I was concerned. You know, I saw I saw these guys. You know, I, Pac and Phoenix put on a five star absolute match of the year candidate. Oh against gosh. The um, and they had that match won in many instances. It was a phenomenal matchup, but um, losing that match, I was concerned that you know Penta lost against Cody not long ago. Mm-hmm. I was a little concerned about how like maybe these guys coming off the tracks, Penta winning in this match, and even though there was some you know some some stuff involved with <laughs> Alex, uh, Alex certainly got involved more than normal in this scenario. Yeah. I, I love that. I think it was I, really I entertaining, right? Um, but it was really nice to see Penta get a, a strong win like this. Um, and I think it sets the stage. The best friends versus the death triangle will be a, an absolutely fun feud for AEW fans moving forward. Um, you got guys that are talented in the ring, and then there's that just that natural baby face vibe of the best friends. Knowing you know, you were out of action last week, SPD, but you try to pride yourself on being the Iron Man of Dynamite Download. <laughs> Trent coming back, man. How like what? You, what were your thoughts on one of our favorites uh, as far as in ring work goes in AEW coming back and coming up short? What What were your thoughts on that? It kind of surprised me. You know, when we did our, our Sunday social, um, if you guys joined, thank you for joining. We had to switch our Friday night flights to Sunday. We talked about this match and how it was more meaningful to have Trent's return with a victory. But this this doesn't hurt him at all, and he didn't have any ring rust in the ring. I thought he really showed up great. Um, I mean, he went over that top rope with that awesome spot, and that was like that's when I was like, "Yep, all right, man, the, the workhorse is back." And I, we talk about workhorses, you know, Dax in the Pinnacle slash FTR, mm-hmm. Trent here in Best Friends, you know, Chris Jericho in the Inner Circle. Like, I mean, there's a, always a clear, pretty much a clear dominant one, and, and Trent is that one that was missing. Um, but it's very interesting to me, you know, like Death Triangle kind of made a little shift of babyface, you know, with Pac oh, yeah. and Phoenix. Yeah. But then we have Penta leaning so much more towards heel and Penta working as a heel works so, so good. So now what do you how does this tie in, you know, ultimately Death Triangle versus uh, best friends, you know, are they going to go? They just recently Good. turned babyface. Those two. Great so question by I don't you, know. Man. Does does Penta turn on his yeah. his brothers or what? Because he's just going down the deep end too much. You know, I really, you know, to talk about the match, man. We knew going in. Anytime Penta's in a match, you're going to have a chop battle that's going to be cringeworthy. So um, it did not disappoint. And I noticed Trent was slapping him in the, the exposed shoulder versus the mm. chest sometimes too. Smart catch. Penta throws one of the best destroyers in the entire business it is unbelievably brutal we saw what he did at the ladder match with against cody rhodes um but anytime a suplex happens or anytime i always cringe with a suplex you know but uh pile driver yeah yes i'm sorry pile driver anytime you know penta goes for that apron pile driver or anyone does a pile driver we saw qt marshall do it i just cringe with it man you know obviously they're professionals but it's just it's one of those ones like Owen oh, 316 I almost, says I just broke your neck. You know, yeah, I, mean? I almost like, I mean, prefer not to thing. see it. Oh gosh. No, I um, hear you, bro. And, and then actually you mentioned Pile Driver. I mean, it's going viral from that match, man. It's going viral. That 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 it was a pump handle cradle pile driver yeah. that Penta pulled off on Trent. That is something, I mean, it, it was fluid where it wasn't like that he took a moment to catch him and then drop him. I mean, Penta really 
what a fluid move that was. It was mm-hmm. it's going viral for a reason. I, it was one of those moves where I was just like, holy smokes, did I is did I just see that happen? I mean, like you talked about SPD, a pile driver is one thing, but for you to do a pump handle version where it's just one fluid motion, it's that that is one of those moves that is low key incredibly dangerous. Uh, oh yeah, and just it's just like. A, a, a move in the match, you know. Okay, like, True. But my gosh, when you see those pile drivers, and then I mean, they did it. They did a nice job with the Trent pile driver on the apron. Penta kind of he, mm-hmm. he did a nice job of kind of bracing himself for that one. But that 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 oh my gosh, the offense in this match, bro. When you talk about like you said, the chops that they were coming from Penta, and he always brings it. Um, oh, for sure, it's brutal. That's what I, I want to say, man. Like. Penta, I, I, I'm a fan of Penta going back to the Lucha Underground days. I haven't mm-hmm. seen this Penta, man. Like you could tell, my man's got some swagger back in him, dude. Right. Like he's he's he looks ripped. He looks he looks like pissed off. You talked about it. He's got that heel edge to him, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily jiving right now with what Phoenix and, and Pac are laying out there. But that's the beautiful thing about the Death Triangle. I think honestly the like what I talked about before when we were discussing for those of you who are new to our group here, um, you know, I'm a diehard Pac fanboy and SPD. Like you and I have had a lot of conversations Mm -hmm. about why that's the case. I think that that's because he can play new face, heel, neutral Pac has shown across the board that he can be, he can be effective in any role. And I think that the death triangle is such a perfect group because in any, in if you pair up Pac and Penta, you immediately have an angry, violent <laughs> team. I mean, we saw True. on Dark. I was, I mean, I was interacting with some fans out there from watching Dark too. Um, Pac was pissed, dude. Oof. I mean, like, and, and you know, a pissed off, angry bastard is is gonna bring the intensity. So, if you you can lean one way with the Death Triangle, right? And, and yep. this is what makes them so great that they they got heel side over here. Babyface side over here with Pac and Phoenix, and then I mean the, the Lucha, the Lucha Brothers. You could put them in any sort of combination with anybody, and I just True. think that these guys can can naturally play off of them. Now, yeah, they're gonna need to lean more into those heel um, tactics of theirs when they go against the best friends. And honestly, from a storyline perspective, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, they they just came up short against the Young Bucks, and and Phoenix now. He's the one who's the most natural baby face out of all those those guys. For him to get his mask ripped off, yeah, kicked, double super kicked, basically embarrassed. You know, like the way he went, the way they lost those titles. If you're Phoenix, especially the year, I mean, SPD, I'll, I'll let you comment on this too because you know the year that Phoenix has had, unbelievable. Um, the man deserves gold. I mean, the, like between like when you look at. The, the 2021 is flying by, right? But it really is. From, from the from the beginning of this calendar year, going against Kenny Omega, right for for the for the world title. From I was that there. On, I was there from, live. From from that on, it was an absolutely torrid uh, showcase for Phoenix. I mean, the man won the the tag battle royal. He's mm-hmm. just been an absolute. And the, the the battles that he had with with Lance Archer. I mean. Oh. I, Man, I know that that we could go five star matches every time he's in the ring, pretty much. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that that's to me like a, a, a sign of what what this group is capable of. When you have a guy like Phoenix 
as just one piece of the puzzle. Let's get back into this match. I mean, I'm going to give this one an elite because we could go on about this one. But I think that the reason why this we kind of got off the tracks is because this feud is genuinely exciting. I think it that, really is. Yeah, you know, we saw the best friends kind of go like when Trent was hurt, and then that feud with Miro and and Kip Sabian felt like it lasted forever. Um, it's very exciting to see the best friends in a, in a capacity that we can be excited about True. them again, right? To be to cheer them on and, and have some fun with their stories again, um, and and the in ring intensity that the Death Triangle brings, it's gonna you know that they're gonna they're gonna hit on both sides, whether it's mm -hmm. entertainment value with the best friends or in ring action. This one is going to be a really exciting feud that leads into double no, double or nothing, I think. I think that this is going to be – maybe this is the birthplace of the trios championship. I mean – That would be pick, exciting. Could you pick two better groups for it, right? I mean, the best friends yeah. are very naturally a trio, and as are the death triangle. I think that would be a phenomenal segue into it. Who knows? AEW's always got a couple tricks up their sleeves for us. That is for sure. And, you know um, – one of my, I mean, the, the two favorite segments back to back were the Pinnacles segment interview with Jim Ross and the Inner Circles. Uh, other than that, most of this was filled with wrestling, which was a great dynamite. But the Pinnacle, it is silk season, baby. It is silk season for MJF <laughs> and the Pinnacle, the pineapple. Uh, but what I really, obviously, MJF, his oh, promos man. are always A-plus home runs. I mean, he has never missed a beat, man. He mm. is just oh, outstanding. But what I really liked about this, and it kind of contrasts to the inner circle promo, was that Wardlow getting a time to shine. And on the other end, we saw Jake Hager a little bit time to shine, and, and others, you know, Santana. Mm -hmm. But Wardlow telling his silk season um, and getting him a new scarf from uh, a silk scarf from Tully. But this was great, man. Seeing, you know, the close zoom in on Wardlow and the moment he says, the moment Wardlow came out of your mouth, you knew you were doing something wrong. That line was oh. special, man. I really oh. enjoyed that. And I was like, oh, snap. Oh, shoot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but. Mm -hmm. MJF's man, he, the rub on Jericho and how he said that when he's 25, you were curtain jerking, and, and just at the end, just yeah. the, just to look at it. Um, yeah, I am a mark. I'm a mark for your spot. And oh, such a powerful promo. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this segment. Um, as expected. I mean, this just gets me so excited. And we did find out a lot of great stuff. We found out that blood and guts is the whole match the whole night. One match on May 5th. Did you catch that? Yeah, uh, that's, I know. I mean, you have two rings in there, and we'll find out next week the part, the pinnacle parlay and the parlay. Two hours. How? How? Uh, how? I mean, all these deserve. All ten of these guys deserve it, one hundred percent. Holy smokes, man! But to have a is it? Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be an eliminator style match or something like that. But or just a, a, a total just free for all, man. I can't even wait. Oh man, it's gonna be. It has to be kind of like a limited match. Some you guys, they can't have two hours in the ring. You think that that'd be pretty hard? I mean, like, just I know that we talked about you know the workhorses and things like that, brother. That would gas. That would that. Can you imagine? I mean, like, I I think that they got they have to. You know, the great thing about this is, you know, it's going to be a 10-man match, right? Right. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of action. There's going to be a lot of spots where people are going to be you know, knocked out of stretches True. of the match and stuff like that. So, I mean, and and if this match represents anything of what we've seen to the, <laughs> so far of with their battles, right? I mean, like when we've seen those backstage segments, 
Yep. AEW's done such a beautiful job with their cinematography. I mean, oh, you think yeah. about it, like never overwhelming us with the camera with too much going on. I mean, True. cutting cutting to to Hager and Wardlow and the attack and the, the massage table. Seeing Santana, I always love that moment with Dax with the blood, the blood on his shirt. Yep. You know, all those moments. They cut to those individually, and they showcased each of these in a in a really nice way. So I think each guy in this match is really going to have an opportunity to shine. Each right. guy's going to really have an opportunity to kind of break out and have those moments. And when you do that, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna fly by. How many times have we talked about dynamite just goes by like that, right? So when you have this kind of setup um, and the pros that you have, I mean, really, you think about the talent and the experience that are coming into this match. Um, I, I think that this one's going to be a, a really fascinating one, but man, the promo battle that oh, they are gosh. giving us fans is absolutely insane, dude. I mean, like they don't, I hope that this is the build. I hope that they keep these guys apart until that match. I, I don't want to see them getting physical again until blood and guts, because this promo battle is, is as entertaining as it gets anyway. Like, I mean, true. honest to God, and true. It, it was really nice too, to see, we, you know, we're going to talk about it now with the Pinnacle promo, but there was later on in the Inner Circle promo too. P- characters that aren't getting, you know, mm-hmm. obviously yes, MJF and Jericho are absolute killers on the mic, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. they just, just, just you can't say enough of good stuff about them. Insane on the mic, right? But like to hear Wardlow cut such a pointed, intelligent promo tonight again, right. like it's just another piece of that puzzle that comes together oh. to the big picture of what Wardlow is on the grand scheme of things for AEW. And that is a yeah. big man who is incredibly athletic, who's got the look, who's got the confidence, who's got the athleticism. I mean, this dude can hit a senton off the top. The, the guy is the guy is in control. He's young. He's, he loves the business. And now you can start to tell the confidence yeah. And what he's been the way they've slowly allowed the, the handcuffs to come off of him. That promo calling Jericho out, you know, the on the immortal promo, yeah. and saying, you know, how smooth Jericho was on that promo on that epic rant. SPD, I mean, it felt like that was like a t- an eight minute promo by Jericho. I think it was, I rewatched it and I was like, for him to man. stumble on, on Wardlow and slip up, and for Wardlow to use that slip up for his advantage to kind of build up his mystique and aura, dude, it was just brilliant. Um, You know, and and that's, this is just me lauding praise on Wardlow's performance. MJF, man, it's almost become expected. He has definitely spoiled us as wrestling fans, man. This dude is a natural, uh, just absolute, like brilliant on the mic. He's just a very smart guy. You can tell he he knows what he's doing, man. I'm a big fan of this segment, big fan of this build. Who do you see SPD at this point? I mean, I let's 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 hold off on the debate on who wins blood and guts. <laughs> yeah. To this point, who's got the upper hand and uh, if SPD's got the scorecard. Based on tonight's promo inner circle. It goes back and forth every week, doesn't it? Based on honestly, you know, I don't know if it's timing of that. Um, if you want to, we can dive right back into inner circle because it's a hot topic. But let's do it. Based on that, that promo from Jericho and the inner circle, and freaking Santana bringing the fire 
I think Inner Circle has the upper hand. The passion from Jericho is unmatched right now. I think his delivery and just his 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 uh, charisma and just everything you see in his face and just getting all red and hot, you know, with his promo, <laughs> like the the fiery passion we're seeing out of Jericho is unmatched right now. Yes, you yes, we, we saw Max get in get in you know get intense multiple times every promo really, but Jericho, man, I don't I don't think. I'm scared of Jericho if I was if I was anyone from the, the pineapple, I mean pinnacle. But anyways, uh it was just the, the inner circle promo, man. I become, I become, I become man. I become, I become. I can't wait till we go back to Daily's Place yes, or sir. CAW Live and start singing this. You know, I think this is a good would be a, a good Friday night flights and fights topic, but just off the cusp, like what do you like better? Jericho, heel or babyface, man? And uh, he is works so good both. But it's Absolutely. so fun for both because, like, being the heel, it's fun to get insulted by Jericho. It's fun to hear his insults. And then it's fun to be on his side when he's a baby face. So, he knows how to like, rile up a crowd, doesn't he? He does. He can. You can just tell he was eating up that crowd as I would, as anybody would. I mean, you know, if you heard him on the Broken Skull Sessions, man, he said they would they would be kill for, you know, um, like Peoria, 1,200 people in Peoria or wherever it was, like, uh, you know, Sheboygan, he said in the Broken Skull says, and they would kill for that. And, you know, they're getting more and more fans back at Daily's Place, which is great. Yep. And uh, so this little bit, it's just you can tell every time there's crowd and they're singing his song that he's feeling feeling the vibe. I mean, he's done it for 30 oh, no. years. But, you know, the one punch by, by uh, Wardlow and then another punch by Hager, his rebuttal, you know, throwing the straws. And he was he was pretty intense. I think he, he got ahead of himself and was almost too intense, you know, missing the mic spot, you know. But I that was another person who scared me. You know, Jericho's intensity scared me. His passion scared me. And Hager's intensity was those, – those two were unmatched. And then the cherry on top is Santana, man. He oh. looks like a star in that leather jacket, those shades, his, his yep. slick hair. Man, yep. he is a star, and you've always, always, always been a Santana and Ortiz fan. And now I'm, I'm proud and powerful, to, you know, full throttle. And Santana, we saw the color of your blood. Now we will see the size of your heart. That was just like a boom. Gosh, loved every little bit about this promo. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Inner Circle is upper hand right now. Cool. See, I, 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 <laughs> I love hearing you say it, man. I, I, I feel like. I'm not going to – Santana absolutely – I mean, you know. I, I I love hearing you talk Santana up like that. Um, he's – again, man, this dude is stepping up in another way. Yeah. Getting the opportunity to get that mic time. The guy's got that swagger to him. You can tell he's definitely feeling it right now. He, he's Santana's kicking it into another gear as far as his persona oh. and his character work is going right now. Want to see him in the ring and, and see him against FTR. I think that that's going to bring out the best of them. Um, iron sharpens iron. I think that that's going to be a test of two incredible tag teams. We've we've really lauded a lot of praise at Dax for what he's been able to do to separate himself and really push FTR to another like another level. Um, right. And Santana's doing the same thing for his crew. So yeah. I, I really dig where what the potential of this of this feud goes. For me, man, I. I I'm on Team Pinnacle on this so Ooh, far. I think, Pinnacle is, I think Pinnacle is absolutely just – yeah, I find like that the promos from Inner Circle are entertaining and they're and they're mm -hmm. funny. And uh, I was laughing out loud a lot. Engaging. And that's what goes back to like the babyface vibe, right? Like Jericho is a babyface, absolutely hilarious, funny guy and engaging. 
definitely you could tell he he enjoys that front man of the rock and roll band persona, and he can kind of unlock a little bit of that more, unleash right. a little bit of that more as a baby face, just kind of soaking up the adoration of the fans and, and playing in, the man. <laughs> yeah, but I I like how intelligent uh, the pinnacle promos have been, man. They've just been very laser focused. You could tell, um, you know, I think that this speaks to the makeups of the crews, right? I think that the, right. the inner circle is family and they got that chemistry where like they, they date back from the, the, the beginning of AW. Oh, so like they, got, they know, like we are who we are. They got that com- they, they're comfortable with where they're at. They don't need to prove themselves to anybody. They sure. kind of have that natural like confidence to them. Right. Like just kind of got that. Like we, we got this, um, that, that only really comes when you know the guy next to you has your back and that you've been right. through wars together. The pinnacle, like the way that they're they're built right now, it's it's not about it's not about that like that family vibe. It's about like we want we are we want to prove to the world that we are the best. And there's like that there's just a little bit more of that edge to where they're to how what I'm getting from them is a little bit more of that edge, man. That, that a little bit more of that fire. Um, you know, there's something to be said for when, you know, when you're on top, you're not as hungry as that lion who's starving, right? When you're, true, when you're, you're the king of the jungle and you got, you know, you've, you got a full belly, you, you got to watch out for those lions that are young and who are starving and who are hungry. And when yeah, you look exactly. at Pinnacle, they got, I mean, MJF, you could tell this young, this dude is, he's tired of hearing that his time will come. He's kind of, you could yeah. tell he's, he's kind of getting, taking it. He's taking that personally. He's kind of harvesting some of that energy of that. It, it's all praise. And right. that's a beautiful thing. It's all praise about MJF. And we all believe this man has so much potential. It's wild to think about how good he will be. This dude, we just got done talking about our Mount Rushmore's. This dude has yep. a potential for young fans He's gonna be on the Mount Rushmore for a lot of young kids, dude. Like this kid, True. this dude could be that good. Um, but when you he, like you hear MJF, you could tell he's sick and tired of hearing, well, in five years from now, six years from now, he's gonna be a top guy. MJF wants to prove that he's ready for that responsibility now. I think that you know, when we date back to the origins of Dynamite Download, MJF has proven right. time and again, dude, with that feud with John Moxley, dictator John. Oh, um, phenomenal. I mean, MJF is very, very ready to prove kind of that he is at the top of the food chain. Um, and I think that that, that time, that, that hunger is what is putting the pinnacle over the edge, in my opinion. I think that that extra hunger, that extra fire in their bellies okay. is what I think is making them, gives them the leg up. My opinion. I, I don't know. I see <laughs> that. I see that edge in them, bro. I, I can totally see that, man. I, I you know, I, I could see both perspectives. That's why this is going to be such a fun ma- fun event in two short weeks' time. Unbelievable. I can't wait. And we talked about how, like, that would be this, you know, we thought it was going to be maybe this is just going to be the beginning of this feud that we can't wait to watch for months and months and months and months and months. But um, a, a women's title match, the first title match of the night, uh, was, you know, hyped very well. I really enjoyed the hype promo. Um, obviously these two were, you know, respect for each other. The friendship was there. They've teamed up mm-hmm. together. They've been in each other's corner. Um, 
but they held no punches. You know, it was, it was a pretty brutal match, you know, very heavy hitting, you know, Conti's got some brutal knees and brutal kicks. Um, you know, a lot of news. What I liked about Sheeta's performance was like, I saw a lot of new submissions from her and, you know, I think that Witch's shot on top of the turnbuckle was really cool. Um, and this this side of Sheeta is the side of Sheeta that I've been wanting to us to see as the fighting champion. This is what this was, I think, one of her best matches to date of mm-hmm. why she is the champion. You know, if she was in, you know, defending the title every other week, every week, whatever it is, and having matches like this, like this would really make her her title reign that much more dominant and meaningful because of the, you know, she's only wrestled twice in singles matches. This is the third one and we're in in April. Granted, she had stuff with the women's tournament and all this and all that. But that's a a, wow. I know her record was two and oh in 2021. Now it's three. and Um, So, but, you know, listening to your guys' show last week with bonds, um, I agree with bonds and you, and, you know, I've, I've said it, but, you know, he said, it was either you or him said that she's was the most improved wrestler in mm-hmm. AEW so far this year and yeah. uh, for Ty Conti. And I completely agree, man. She yeah. showed up again, very convincing with her storytelling, very, very dominant with her moves. Mm-hmm. You can tell her, her submissions, her strikes are very spot on and, mm-hmm. um, methodical. And Sheeta had great counters with those and Sheeta brought her, her game and ultimately took, you know, d- defended the title for the bigger picture that we're all waiting for which we'll talk about after but what do you think of the match first i mean it was definitely hands down elite for me um you know i always have high expectations for the women's match because we don't usually only get one on the card other than last week um in a division that is growing rapidly and very very strong right now uh this was a home run absolutely no i mean this was an elite for me without question um I i felt like going into this week I was really excited for this matchup. I mean, I, I honestly, um, a lot of people were were most most buzzed for the main event, and that is right. totally understandable. That matchup was sure. an incredible blend of styles and two real fan favorites. But for me, absolutely, I I was most excited for this match, and the reason why is because uh, you know I felt like. Since day one at Dynamite Download, I've been a huge advocate for the tag, tag division mm-hmm. and for the women's division in this company. I think that this company has grown a lot. And, and when you see the women's division and you look at this from a, a big picture perspective, you can really appreciate the work that they're doing to present the, this division as something special. Uh, and they're investing in this division. I think that, you know. Mm-hmm. I've and I've been put into positions where unfortunately you have to defend Sheeta, as you talked about, not getting those opportunities to defend her title. I can't I can't put that at the feet of the champion herself because every time I see Sheeta wrestle, um, I'm always incredibly impressed by her. I I always am incredibly uh, taken aback by how hard hitting. Her matches oh, are they're sure. always they're in, they're consistently hard hitting. Doesn't matter who her opponent is, she could be against someone bigger than her, like Nyla Rose. In this instance, against somebody like Ty Conti, who forces her to change up her game and, and meet time. some and, and really go against one of the best mixed martial artists in all of professional wrestling. Ty Conti, even though she's young, you see the pedigree that this young woman has. You know, you like to talk about pound for pound strength when mm-hmm. it comes to. You know, pound for pound uh, knowledge or experience in, in MMA uh, and, and 
really the world of martial arts, Ty Conti has a lot of skills in her in her toolbox that she draws on, and it pushed our champion to get out of, outside of her comfort zone. And I think that that was something that was much needed tonight. Um, yeah. I I love this matchup, and it delivered because SPD. I've mentioned it before. Ty Conti reminds me, and I, I said it to Bonds. This mo- she's the most improved wrestler on the roster this year. She reminds me of a young Thunder Rosa. She has that tenacity. Uh, nice. You know, Thunder. We when we interviewed her, man, she talked a lot about how she bring. We love this about Thunder. You know, she brings that MMA approach to all of her matches. She has mm-hmm. that 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 pacing and that natural strike first attack mentality. Ty Conti brings that in her matches, man. It always feels like she's she's reading her opponent. She's analyzing the situation and figuring out how best to to beat her opponent in that any given movement. She, it it doesn't feel like she's ever, um, you know, at a loss for how to uh, uh, react to something that happens in a match or in a fight. And that's right. something I really appreciate in a young star. Um, it's a lost art in professional wrestling that I think was really showcased throughout this match. Um, and when I talk about the hard-hitting nature of this one, dude, I mean, there was a moment where when Ty Conti needs Sheeta in the face, it felt oh. like uh, Britt like Brit Baker. I know Britt Baker made her appearance after the match, but it felt like Britt Baker mm-hmm. was going to need to see the, the, the champion and maybe do some dental work on the yeah, champion. Yeah, that was a brutal knee for sure. Ty, yeah, I mean, and that was a representation, again, like this match throughout, incredibly hard-hitting, just absolutely – uh, back and forth, it presented Ty Conti as a legitimate number one contender in this, and which was another yeah. thing that I know you probably really appreciated, right? Because absolutely, there have been a lot of big wins for Ty Conti as she went on to that ten that ten win record to get her to be that number one contender at ten and one going into this match yeah. against Sheeta. You know, there were a lot of her big wins. It almost felt like, you know, there was distractions or a lot of stuff and noise going True. on at the ends of those matches, and it didn't allow us to celebrate Ty Conti and the rise of Ty Conti. Well, tonight we get to celebrate that because she certainly was p- showcased everything she had, and she was presented yeah. as an equal to our champion, who she is the longest reigning champion in AEW history, folks. Let's, That's let's crazy. put that in pen and write that one down because that is a fact. And when you see somebody young like Ty Conti, really who is still bursting on the scene, presented mm-hmm. in a way where she is very much the equal – it, it adds some legitimacy to those who are pulling for Ty. I know there was a Ty Conti has a very passionate fan base, yep. and there were a lot of people who were, were chomping at the bit for her to win tonight. I think that it's not her time yet, but but tonight, after a showcase like tonight, just like earlier on in the night, I feel like Ricky Starks showed maybe it's not his time quite yet, but when given the opportunity. This is somebody you can rely on. I think AEW Brass pays a lot of attention to that. Mm-hmm. They're going to see this, and they're going to say, okay, note to self, when Britt Baker needs a challenger down the road, a natural baby face to go against that heel, obnoxious, over-the-top heel of uh, persona of Britt Baker, this is somebody we could draw on. Because obviously we love the Thunder Rosa feud, but she, Britt needs to have some other natural com- competitors against her you know jade has that heel vibe to her nyla rose has a heel vibe to her it's important to establish 
babyface challengers down the road for a potential heel champion in Britt Baker. And Ty Conti went, did a lot tonight to show that she deserves that opportunity again. Absolutely. And it wouldn't have been a women's segment without the DMD showing face. And this was perfect. She didn't have to say much. She got a new shirt, another new shirt. And this was help from the graphics team, as the, the announcer said. But how she's been really feeding into those ranking systems. Um, and then she comes out and then moves herself to the number one contender. And, you know, we are not far away, like you said earlier, from double or nothing. And this is a perfect, uh, I would say it could be co-main event, double or nothing. We don't know the card for it yet, but I'm all for her. Brit still just adding, adding some wins, adding some wins on, you know, elevation or dark or whatever mm -hmm. it is, just dominant wins. Um, and she's and doing that. And she There's definitely no, is. Yeah. She's yeah. been really, you know, laying some paint down on some people's faces and stuff. So I'm all <laughs> for that. So uh, that was a nice little segment. And then she'd have thrown the Kindle stick at her. So um, now we have essentially, hopefully we'll see Sheeta fight some more before this title match. You know, maybe not uh, just like a, uh, we're hoping for because she's so good in the ring and we want to see that. We I don't want to have another month and a half hiatus of her in the ring you know i think that just... i think that you're right on spd i think that they need to do that because you know like we you talk a lot about strike while the iron's hot you know like, right. and with brit you know we all are chopping at the bit for you know you know i am we're all chopping yeah. at the bit though to see brit become the world the women's champion and yes like with sheeta being the longest reigning champion that will be a huge moment and a huge feather in the cap for the dmd but how much more compelling would that be if we are True. reminded of Sheeta's dom? Like, you know, let Sheeta have some big a match or two still before Double or Nothing, where you are just you. We have this reaction, right, where we're like, "Damn, Sheeta is legit, man!" Like, <laughs> for sure, you know, That's it's important, be right? We need that. I think that that would build that because we've been reminded of Brit. I mean, the Thunder Rosa feud and that unsanctioned match. Everybody has finally put they finally are putting respect on the DMD's name but it, it, they we need to have something similar where right. Sheeta has that opportunity to, like and tonight was a big moment for that mm -hmm. but where we were reminded of like why she is such a huge obstacle for the women's division and why no one has been able to conquer Sheeta in, in you know almost a year right like just absolutely like over a year yeah so over yeah. a year's time so you know you got to think about that so that's right. Um, one other thing we're going to segue into the next segment is uh, the factory and the nightmare family. This feud uh, we touched briefly on the intro of the show is quickly becoming, you know, one of the top feuds in AEW. And uh, it's nice to see Billy, Billy Gunn. Oh, I just noticed that he's using Billy Gunn because he used to just be using Billy, even Billy, though he is the yeah. gun club that, you know, runs yep. the gun club. So that's pretty cool on that. But, um, this told a lot of story, man. I really liked whatever everything in them before the match, after the match, everything all about it, man. I really, uh, when this got announced late last night after the shenanigans on Dark, um, I was all for it, and it exceeded my expectations. You know, uh, first I want to mention, you know, I think QT leading this factory. I think maybe he needs to uh, drop the bowling shirt and, and uh, <laughs> get a little something tougher, in my opinion. That's the only negative I'm going to say. I think QT is really reinventing himself in a uh, uh, home run way. Billy looked great. I mean, look at that guy. I mean, he's been he's been around almost as long as Jericho, or if not longer, and he looks like a million bucks, man. Mm -hmm. Props to him. 
Mm-hmm. And I love that the gun club got involved in this too, really establishing and setting up the feud for later on. Uh, but like I said earlier, man, the, the pile drivers make me so nervous and QT delivers a mean, brutal pile driver. Yes, he does. Uh, and so it, he has really done a great job. I mean, we saw it uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and then of course I have to, I cannot not mention Anthony Agogo in the factory. I think he is going to be the biggest star that comes out of this new formation of this faction. Yeah, he dude. looks he looks like a million bucks. He walks like a million bucks. He talks like a million bucks, man. This guy has it all. He's got those suits, the charisma. He's got it all. And we talked about having it and he's got it. You know, we talked about it with multiple people. Um, and wow. So what'd you think about the match itself? And then we'll talk about some of the, the shenanigans at the end of it. Okay. Um, you know, for me leading into it, QT Marshall's promo kind of leading into this match was going viral on Twitter. I was, I was digging that. My favorite show of all time is the Sopranos. I got that like a little, you know, that little <laughs> Tony boy. Soprano shirt. Yeah. Got, okay. Yeah, dude. I mean, and he get, he gives me some Tony Soprano vibes, hardcore. I mean, I'm digging it. I, I you know, him sitting back and just, um, kind of having the little tough guy, like, uh, mentality, um, that even the the like the look, dude, like the bowling shirts, you could jo- you could dog on him all you want, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know. I think that he's got a good thing going right now, um, and he's kind of got the mob behind him. You know, what I mean, he's kind of right, got that sure. mob boss. He kind of has a mob boss vibe to him. I mean, you got Anthony Agogo, an Olympic boxer, as your enforcer. You got somebody like Nick Camarado who could take a chair over the face and not flinch. Oh my gosh! Um, you know, I, I, Aaron Solo. I mean, this dude. You and I have talked a lot about him and his performances on Dark, and just sort of the athleticism. Yeah. He, he's obviously, to me, Aaron is the the athlete, like the athletic one of the group that kind of has that um, yeah. all around performer vibe to him. Whereas the rest of his crew is just pure muscle, just Beast. bad dudes, right? So I think that QT's got that. He's got a newfound confidence and a little more swagger behind him now that he's got the mob with him. And, right. and I dig that. I really dig that. I think that QT's killing it. As a guy who's always on on social on Twitter, I think QT Marshall is really leaning into this new opportunity. He's been like one of the more funny, entertaining follows on social media. Um, I want you to share. I want to share your little clip of you making fun of him in his bowling shirt because he's gonna roast your ass on Twitter, man. He's gonna go all Bring out. Bring it on. Um, Bring it on. The QT. QT versus Billy Gunn here was an interesting matchup because, I mean, obviously, yeah, you look at these two, um, Billy, I mean, JR was still salivating over, over Mr. Ass tonight, just like talking about what a, like what a powerhouse he is. I mean, just the big boy, Billy, Billy Gunn's always kind of been a bigger dude and you didn't realize it, I guess, earlier on in his career, but you really didn't. I mean, yeah, he was a man like, you know, a land of giants. He was never presented the same as, you know, obviously in a world where you got to see Big Show and Kane and Undertaker and everything. But right. in this landscape, there's a he he definitely still carries some weight, man. On the AW roster, Billy Gunn looks looks like a like a dude who could who could tear some folks up, man. Even to this day, That's the guy sure. I talked about it, dude, like there are a lot of people who are like, oh man, but what, a, why this match and stuff? And I'm like, man, when you talk about veterans who still look like they can go between sure. him and between Billy Gunn and Frankie Kazarian, I mean, those guys have, they found the fountain of youth, wherever the hell they found it. I lead me there. Maybe know. I can help right. me grow my hair. Right. I mean, these guys are, they've, they've found the fountain of youth. They're, they're getting older and they, they look better and better. I mean, they just like, they're, they can go in the ring. This match, 
Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn was not struggling at all throughout this one as far as keeping up, setting the tone. I feel like he really was the one who was pushing the pace in this match with QT, throwing him around a lot, spilled yeah. outside the ring, um, was getting pretty physical at points. And that, some of that's because, you know, QT was just like he was doing with Cody. QT is finding that, you know, his greatest asset is the mind games, you know, d- taking those personal digs at, at, at Cody and talking about his kids being ringside to watch their dad get their ass kicked and stuff like that. Um, for a guy like QT to do something like that, it kind of shows uh, he's yeah. all in on, on, on where the factory is going to take him. Um, so this one to me, you know, Again, maybe a surprise, but it wasn't a lead out of me. It was kind of an old school wrestling match, kind of a brawl. Yeah. Uh, and, and I like when when you have matches that feel like the competitors don't like each other, um, and they fight like that. You know, I, I, I one of my biggest pet peeves in wrestling is when you have these matches where you know you have guys who genuinely are supposed to hate each other and all this stuff, and they just go through the motions in a regular True. match. It just feels like they're going through a match. This felt like a fight. This felt like there was some pride on the line. This felt like, you know, QT, like, uh, you know, as the leader of the of the, the factory, you know he didn't want to come up short on this one. So he clearly was willing to do whatever it took to win. Um, I, I dig it, man. I really like where they're going with this. And I and what I love most is it's giving people like Dustin Rhodes, it's giving people like Nick Camarado, like, like Anthony Agogo, uh, yeah. opportunities – to have stories that are compelling and for a casual viewer like you know who might be watching dynamite and is intrigued by what they're seeing hopefully pulls them in to a, a, a dark elevation or a dark um aw's really got a lot of content out there right now dude and it's important that they do stuff like this given how big the roster is giving these characters stories and feuds that keep us coming back for more it helps decipher them and and makes them feel more important i I think that this was a home run and i can't wait to see where it goes from here obviously i think nick camarado and dustin rhodes is in the cards down the road and i know that one's gonna have you geeked out because you're a dustin Dustin rhodes fan was on fire tonight i love how he switches it up he looked like Venom, like this, you know, Marvel Comics superhero, like it was great, man. And Camarado is just scariness after that chair shot. Um, man, we've been high on Camarado. We see a star in him, and I think he's going to be developed. That would be a, a nice match, and I think Dustin would put him over because he's an absolute workhorse and a veteran and and you know selfless guy, Dustin Rose for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk about the elite, man. Look at their outfits. I mean, look at the Young Bucks. Really, <laughs> after wrestling in ten thousand dollar pair of shoes last week. Um, and watching BTE, which is great. These, I mean, all of them are looking like, you know, almost like a circus clown, <laughs> circus acts right here. But it's really great, man. I'm surprised Kenny Omega doesn't have his tight pants and those little yeah, pointy Kenny, shoes on Kenny too. Kenny looks so. the most normal. Yeah, exactly. He does, which is surprising, you know. Yeah. But we got to see um, them show up in their trailer and then cut a promo um, and calling out, you know, Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Oh, man. Um, that was and they were saying how they were the group. Of, this is all elite wrestling. They were the group that created all AEW. Um, and then when they did eventually call them out and they went looking for him, it was almost just like a setup. But they, I don't understand that that swerve. Like they heard the horn honking and they hit the trailer, but they weren't in the trailer. So I was kind of I mean, I loved the segment just because of Moxley and 
Kingston, Kingston so are good. are so gold together. Such oh. such great chemistry together. Two guys that can actually are just like street thugs that will you know throw a, a freaking pipe down. through your window. Literally, yeah. but going into a trailer the, trying to fight like six yeah. guys, right? Like just yeah, absolutely, man. I love this. So, I love that I swagger. Just, you know, I'm thinking talking through this segment, like what if they heard the horn honking and they hit the trailer and they weren't there, what was that all about? They bailed, bro. They they, they bailed were, fast enough to I, run I think, away. I mean Yeah, I mean if you think about like the truck hit, so the like here's the truck, right? The, yeah. Like, or sorry, here's the semi. The truck hit over here, right? Their yeah. exit was over. The exit was over here. So I mean, they I feel like they, they as soon as they got the truck okay. hit, man, they bailed, bro. I, and and let's be real, man. The elite, they aren't at the top because they're stupid. Don Callis, <laughs> the invisible hand. You know Don Callis. He as soon as this situation started to get dicey, he had his he had his golden child, Kenny Omega hightail it out of there if if the, if the good brothers had to sacrifice themselves they would they would he would have had anybody as far as kenny getting <sighs> out of the ring he's kenny's got a big matchup this weekend so you got to be careful yeah, you got to protect kenny he's got a big match so um no man i thought like you know this for all the people who have been criticizing the bucks and wondering what you know are they good are they bad this was definitely an example like dude they are all in on being uh, on being unapologetically themselves again um yeah and not really worrying about uh being the nice guys i think you know the story now the more you you have time to look at it and digest it you know we this dates back long before um the good brothers were even on the scene, dude. I mean, remember True. when they were feuding with FTR and it felt like one week they were getting fined, you know, kicking, they would be kicking out, you know, Alex Marvez in the face. True. And then the next week they'd be the baby faces getting the crowd riled up. So th this, this inner turmoil of the young bucks has been an overarching story of their characters to, yep. to the beginnings of AEW. And it, and now it, we start to understand why, right? Like the pre now that Kenny Omega has kind of peeled back the curtain and showcased, you know, again, dude, for those of us who can follow Kenny back to his New Japan days, Kenny was not a nice guy then a lot of times either, man. True. Like Kenny is Kenny's not gotten over by just being the John Cena of of, uh, of New Japan. That was not his thing. So we got to be right. mindful of that. Kenny has some, uh, some heel vibes to him already. And for them to peel back that curtain and to kind of tell us, like, you know, there was a lot of confliction going on between their roles, you know, SPD, you you've emphasized. I know back when we go back to our fantasy draft of if you could start a company all over and from scratch, you're always big on who could be the ambassador for my for my brand, who who could right. represent the brand, and when you have that kind of pressure hanging over yourself, plus being uh, you know being the one who has to be making financial decisions for the company and having to make sure that you know you guys are working out contracts and deals and bringing in talent and playing all the roles that the beat that the bucks have had to play. It's understandable, right. but that they've been pulled in a bunch of different directions. And now that Kenny has kind of got, and Don, let's give Don some credit. He was very excited sure. to see the young bucks back, the old bucks back in action. Um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like this story is not only compelling from a, a character motivation standpoint, but when you look at the, the characters involved, you you look at like 
the elite being recognized as these the greatest in the world and all this stuff. And then you yeah. got a guy like Eddie Kingston on the other side who has literally scratched and clawed and fought to get to even get an opportunity to be an AEW. Right. You just have the natural heel and babyface vibes. And dude, who's not going to be geeked out to see John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus mm-hmm. the Young Bucks? I mean, oh. who would who, I, like? Let's be real. I mean that that matchup right there has me just geeking out about what the potential could be. I mean, and talk about challenging the young bucks to to move into a different style. I think that the bucks and the super kick party would get a rude awakening if they have to get into a street fight with uh, Eddie Kingston and John oh, Moxley. Yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. When they take it to if they take it to the street, there's no one beating the like I said the the backyard alley thugs of uh moxley and kingston for sure um but you know speaking of thugs powerhouse hops you you know we finally get to see back on dynamite man i love like i talked about earlier man taz back on commentary is great you know hobbs man his pacing i can't say enough about good things about his pacing of this match you know even though they had a picture in picture i really enjoyed it the slow methodical pacing it was very well wrestled and a great job by hobbs in this one with a you know being in the ring with a seasoned veteran of christian cage for sure um hobbs looked strong with his clotheslines i loved how his reversals he's just like flipping cage off just flipping him off his back you know very just like powerhousey and strong yeah powerhousey man that's right powerhousey (laughs) and then you know ultimately you know cage comes um comes back with a a massive frog splash and then Mm. kill switch for the win um so this was another fun match to watch um and and good to see the true Hobbs come out you know we've seen like Mm -hmm. a lot of squashes out of him this was a nice long match they wrestled overall um so I really enjoyed it, and and you know it's unfortunate. Like I said earlier, that Team Taz is starting to become Team Jobbers when the, they have so <laughs> many guys that are such huge stars. Yeah, you know well, every one of them. Crew, man. Yeah, every one of them has the like limitless potential because they're they have such good in ring work, such good storytelling ability. All of them, man. So. Um, I liked where this going. I'm, I'm all for the Cage Team Taz feud as mm-hmm. essentially Cage's first feud in AEW. So um, this match was an elite, you know, not just because of the storytelling, but because or it's not because of the wrestling, but because of the storytelling for me mm-hmm. and and the pacing. Yeah, and I think that like you have a guy like Hobbs in the ring with, and you know, I can remember the first time we watched Hobbs in those baby yeah. baby blue trunks that he had, you know, and how we uh, how we used to have those arguments about like should he join Team Taz or not, and what a baby face sto- like backstory that this guy had. Yeah, and loved his baby face story. But and for him to get to this stage now, dude, I love the orange black singlet that he has. I think that like it just got that old, like that good like the FTW vibe to it. Um, but for him to be in this in the ring with Christian, um, I felt like like this was an example of like why a, a, like Christian was a great signing for AEW, right? Because he's a veteran who can go. And you know, we just got done talking about Dustin Rhodes and how excited we are to see you know that, and we saw Billy Gunn, a veteran who can go. Um, right. C- Christian is such a nice signing for AEW because it gives opportunities for matchups like this where you have a young raw 
mm-hmm. powerhouse like like Hobbs, who doesn't get a lot of opportunity to shine on a big stage like this. You put yeah. him in the ring with a guy like Christian, and you know, if you're Tony Khan, you know that that Christian is going to do everything he can to make sure that Hobbs is presented in the light that he should be. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, like Christian is not going to be more concerned about like, and this was, that was an example, this whole match, it was like, dude, it was Hobbs got his offense in bro. I mean like Hobbs, Did he ever? Ta- Hobbs was tossing Christian around dude. Like the, when it spilled to the outside, I mean, here's a great, I love <laughs> Thank you for pulling this up because I was just like <laughs> when they when he pulled when the, when the action was on the outside, that's where we really got to see Hobbs right. unleashed. And this is a great visual of just like the 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 edge and the nastiness that Hobbs was bringing. It it really legitimizes like it, it legitimizes uh, Hobbs as a threat because it's one thing to have, be a guy who you know right gets these jobber squashes that we've seen him get um, who obviously, you know, carries himself like a, like a, like a challenge. But when you have him go toe to toe with a legit hall of famer and toss him around, I really, really think that, uh, that this was a a coming out party for Hobbs. Um, So very, very like uh, impressed by that performance that they had. Um, But I want to put, I want to put, some emphasis on uh, Christian, the, what they're going to do here with this guy, it's, it's already becoming obvious. Christian is really, even though he pulled off the W tonight, this is an example where someone can lose in action, but look better. And that's, mm. that's something that AEW needs because there's a lot of talent on this roster, Sean, like, and there's, you can only have so many guys win. True. And when you have, when you have matchups where, a guy can lose a match but still come out looking like a million bucks. That True. goes a long way. You can't, you know, you can't. I know the AW tries to shy away from the distraction finishes and roll ups, and that's something that we like. We don't like them having these false finishes and weak decision making. But you gotta have these, like the the ranking system in some way, shape, or form does have to have some legitimacy to it in the sense that right. there has to be uh, the viewer needs to understand where the guy falls in the landscape of AEW. Is he a top True. guy? Is he is he an up and comer? You know, we need to see that. And that's going to that's not always going to happen when someone wins a match. It's going to there're going to be times in which some of your most character defining moments come from when you lose, right? I mean, that's True. an example of life. So, I, I felt like this Good match point. was a home run in that. Um and it was an example of like leading into our main event why that's so important it, it, to me, one of our biggest struggle with the Darby Allen championship run is everybody's getting in this ni- 80 to 90 percent, um, 80 to 90 percent offense. Man, it is like right. against Darby, right? They just dominate Darby throughout the match, and it's our lead writer Bonds has really struggled with well, when that happens all the time, it weakens the importance of that like the uh, the competitor who if it, if right. the same formula plays out whether it's jungle boy or jd drake I, it's gonna bother me as a viewer and 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 there that was an example of in the christian match i could see a loss playing a role that 
that really helped the competitor shine. Now, and this was an example where I feel like I was so excited about Darby versus Jungle Boy because I felt like this was a match that could break the mold that we've gotten used to. Right. And that's where you get to really see Darby tested and pushed to showcase more offense. He had an opportunity to be in control a little bit more. This match felt like a 50-50 match of two equals, which was nice rather than a match of, you know, that was 90-10 to his opponent. That was my big thing. Yeah, I mean that's perfectly right. We we agree that Derby matches are a ninety percent getting your butt whooped and then ten percent comeback finish. Um, this was great because more ground and pound, more methodical, not having to really use the weapons. You know, you, like they're seeing eye to eye right here. You know, Jungle Boy is an outstanding wrestler. He is probably one of the more underrated wrestlers, and Jr. always yeah. says it. You will see, you will see gold around his waist. You will see gold around his waist, and we know it because he. He is just a workhorse. Like we talk about workhorses, you know, in stables. He is yep. one that has stand has stood out time and time again every time he's in a singles match. Yep. And he's very impressive. He surprises you a lot of times, um, like we did tonight. Mm-hmm. And he could he he was a very believable person to potentially tap Absolutely. out Darby tonight. And, Absolutely. You know, Darby did a gr- for his credit, you know, obviously Darby gets up, you know, beat up a lot. We talk about being a crash test dummy, some you know, a lot of times. But he did a great job selling Jungle Boy's strengths that were, you know, appropriate to his size and appropriate to the the holds and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, props to Darby. I think he. This was, you know, you said it with with one of um, Joey Janela match, but I mm-hmm. think this is probably one of the better Darby matches we've seen in a long time. Um, and the fans really got a treat for for main event, you know, back to back main events by Darby Allen, um, and then consistent after match shenanigans with with this whole whole feud. Man, there's a lot of uh, stuff going on, but for the match itself, I mean, we have an elite clean sweep. It seems like for this match, and you know, typically the whole show no knock no knock on AEW, but sometimes those live shows cannot run as always as smooth as their tape shows and mm-hmm. this one ran really really smooth uh props to them all matches were great they didn't run out of time you know it was perfectly placed i think the card flowed really well this match was was really really um a home run and great pairing and we want to see more we want to see more opponents against darby that fit his his, you know, methodical, slower ground and pound stuff like Jungle Boy. Like we could see a Ricky Starks, you know, like absolutely. I think that would be so much more. <laughs> absolutely, Ricky Starks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So where do you like what did you think of all this well, that, stuff? Like the match and then afterwards. I want to jump yeah. in because you know the more that I see what AEW is doing now and the, now the writing on the wall with where you you can tell with the post match stuff. I think AW sees what we see, SPD. I think that you know we're you know we're obviously diehard wrestling fans, but I get a lot of respect for Tony Khan, and I think that the brat, like the, the the team in AW management, sees what we see. Um, that's why it's no coincidence that Darby's got you know his title defense is you know John Silver, um, Scorpio Sky, Scorpio Sky, great match. Um, jo- now with Jungle Boy, uh, you know there he's starting to get put against guys who are more in his wheelhouse as far as you know competitors that are presented right. as equals um yeah we've seen some of those along the way where you know <clears throat> i think and this is no no offense to the machine brian cage because I, I i'm a huge advocate of his i love what he can do but right. 
the the visual between him and Darby that that and it was a long feud between him and Darby that David versus Goliath um it set a pattern that was I felt like was putting Darby down the wrong path. Um, I love Dar I love Darby's you know never say die kind of that like almost that masochist um, aspect of his character, yeah. um, but I worry about you know that wearing thin and and, and hurting his credibility long term. And I think that you know the more that they have opportunities where he gets put in the ring with guys like this who who push him. And who allow him to to show that he can go, um, the better. I think that you know we see now Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are back in the mix now. Yeah. Um, you know Scorpio lost that match, and you know he's still got sour grapes about that. And I <laughs> think that Ethan Page is clearly showing this dude. This guy's got the look. He's got a lot of confidence. Um, he he can talk on the mic like as well as anybody he's very confident on the mic um and, and he's kind of like one of those guys who's who's felt like a little bit of an outsider in the aw landscape right i mean he's he's True. new he's a new signing um and he could be presented as a as a big deal i mean he hasn't had a lot of big matches on dynamite yet where you get an opportunity to really tell where is this guy falling in the aw True. landscape is he a top guy is he a mid card guy where is he and I think right. that, you know, when he gets this opportunity against Darby, we're going to really see that. I think in his wrestling style, he's going to have some size on Darby, but I think that it's also going to be a nice matchup where it's not going to be a Brian Cage versus Darby where he's just getting tossed around. Even the J.D. Drake match, True. Darby was just getting bodied. So yeah. I think it'll be really nice to see him go against somebody who's kind of like, you know, an all-around good performer in the ring with with all ego. Um, right. I, I wonder where it's going to go. Uh, Lance Archer again got involved at the end and, and pushed those guys away, and that was fun to see. Mm -hmm. um, Lance, it it feels inevitable, doesn't it, that he becomes uh, he he challenges Darby at some point? I mean, doesn't don't you feel like it's only a matter of time where he gets a title shot? Don't I mean, it's got to happen, don't you feel like? I don't it's so hard to predict what's going on with Lance. One minute you think he's a foe of them or Sting and Darby, and then the next it's a friend. I know, like, I know. But you know, we, yeah. we kind of saw some uh rumors down the rumor mill and you know Miro's promo really quick about he whether you whoever's wearing gold, you know, I'm coming for you. Who do you think so, he challenges? But I mean it would be it would be fitting and appropriate and i think best character direction if he challenges darby and just demolishes him mm. you can't put him against i don't think it makes any sense for him to go against kenny and lose because whoever kenny defends kenny's not losing so if he put in just an, a complete whooping on Darby and then takes the title or if he just he, he faces Darby and puts a whooping and then someone like stops the match mm -hmm. and just stops the beat down because it's mm -hmm. so bad. You know, Darby is one to take, we talk about punishment, punishment, punishment. And, and Miro is one to dish it, dish it, dish it. Mm -hmm. So no better person to dish out punishment and take the punishment than Darby Allen and Miro. So, uh, you know, maybe that it's is a pipe a dream for me too, dude. Like maybe yeah. it's just a pipe dream, but like he didn't specify gold. Like he just said, if you hold, if you have gold, like I'm coming for it, man, I would love to see him go after the FTW title. I mean, you got a guy like Miro, that mentality that he has, 
for him to finally like call out like a Brian Cage and, yeah. and kind of say like, you know, it, you don't even care about this anymore. Like, and, you know, no wonder why the group is falling apart. I don't know. I just think that like, and, and for Miro, yeah, I mean, for Miro to have a dominant, impressive victory against somebody like, uh, like a Darby Allen, that would go a long way in establishing his character, even in his credibility more. But I think that he's going to break Kip Sabian um, in half. I think he's going to chew, chew him up and spit him out. I I want to see Miro in a match with an equal. I want to see Miro as a big fella against another big dude. I want to see that. I want to see that that battle of the hosses, and I want Miro to right. to not back down from a big fella. You know, I want that side of Miro to come out. I don't know. I, I think Miro. that we've seen Miro go toe to toe with some of the biggest, baddest dudes in the world, and 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 in the history of professional wrestling when we date back throughout his career. True. It would make sense for me for Miro to to step his game up and go after you know and call somebody out, man. I, I want that to happen sooner than later. Um, I wonder who it could be. Um, you know, again, Cage would be a great opera. You know, as far as size and athleticism, somebody oh, again, yeah. he and Miro are two big guys who have the motor. Um, I, I would love to see that happen, uh, and it would give Miro something to do. I mean, it would give. Uh, Brian Cage something to pivot towards too. Obviously, I'm fantasy booking here. My yeah, opinion, sure. my my opinion here. I think that like the Miro promo was was exactly what it needed to be. I know that Bonds. I can't wait to read his article tomorrow because I know Bonds is going to be salivating at another example of pure hyped, pure angry Miro. Angry Miro is angry the Miro best is Miro. Yes, that is the best Miro. So I'm I agree. excited about that. I think that um, you know we're ready to see another championship contender emerge in the landscape of AEW. Right. Um, and, and you know the aftermath, SPD. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. And I think that that's a that's why AEW continues to bring in those those viewers, man. When you have a, a storyline where this one ended, you had a great championship match with Jungle Boy and and Darby, who are two young. <clears throat> superstars right. that are emerging but then you have characters all interacting with that i mean you get ethan page and scorpio sky you get lance archer you have sting i mean you just there's yeah, so much on. there dude and, and that's what that's so captivating as a viewer makes you want to come back for next week right that is for sure i mean absolutely <laughs> absolutely um we'll go over the next week's card in a second but your top performer um let's talk about those Real quick, so okay. I'm pull Let's the top performer. My top performer, man, it was yours last. You know, Chris Jericho two weeks ago was yours, but um, it's I can't stop smiling when he gets on the mic, and I can't, like I said earlier, man, the passion that he delivered his promo, the fire. I am all for. I am all team inner circle right now. They have me hook, line, and sunk because of just the stuff that we've been seeing out of out of them. Jericho put in an awesome match last week, awesome promo this week. He has me convincing and smiling, and no one else makes me laugh out loud like he does literally uh, on Dynamite. So he was a home run win for me for the top performer. Well, when blood and guts happens, man, I'll be I'll I'll wear my oh. I'll wear my FTR shirt or my MJF shirt. And uh, and right, you wear my inner, inner circle, circle shirt, stuff. yeah. And and we'll we'll go at it back and forth here. The Dukes of Dynamite will duke it out <laughs> at Blood and Guts. That one's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, you know, Jericho continues to deliver on the mic, and he's really be like 
showing, as you talked about, he's the godfather yeah. of the inner circle, the leader of he leads by example with his group, and he's really engaged in probably the most exciting, funny, um, you know, captivating feud in, in AEW right now. So I can't blame you um for that one. That's a great pick by you. Mine goes to, to Hikaru Shida. Um, you know, we talked at length what how refreshing it was to see the, the champion back right. um fighting in the, in a match like this. I felt like you know it was a great reminder and showcase as to why Sheeta is the champ. Um yep. incredibly hard-hitting matchup and it with a competitor that I felt was a great fit for her. Um and, and I think that this is a this was something that was much needed in the landscape of the women's division. The, for the, sure. the, the champ to come back out emphatically to showcase why she is the champ. Uh it was it was a great showing for Sheeta. And I'm you know, now that I see who the next challenger is going to be, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly geeked out about what's in store for Sheeta down the road. Sheeta versus Britt Baker is going to be going to be nuts, man. That's going to be nuts, man. So I can't wait for that one. Sheeta, Sheeta really to me was a welcome addition to this week's show and and absolutely killed it in that match with Ty Conti. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. I really, really enjoyed that segment for sure. Or that match. Let's get into next week's show, man, because next week's show is going to be, as always, jam-packed. Yeah. Um, we get to see Cage versus Page. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for that. Let's let's talk it through, brother. Pinnacle versus Inner Circle Parlay. Yeah. What do you know about that? Have they given us any hints as to what that means and what, what we can guess to see next week? Yeah, just they're going to be setting the ground rules for Blood and Guts in two weeks. You know, when he said when two battle, when two, you know, when a war happens, you know, the two leaders or, you know, two groups, they they set the parlay. So it's a, a fair fight relatively, or you can just set the ground rules. So um, these are, they are going to be in the, the ring together. All hell is going to break loose. You know, something's going to happen for sure. So, um, I can't wait. Just any time of this is a pure gold segment. Um, so I'm really excited for this one. <laughs> Bro, I mean, had Hangman Adam Page going against Brian Cage, kind of like to me after Starks um, had his opportunity tonight, uh, man, this is going to be a must-watch match for me. Oh. As, as a oh, fan, yeah. um, I'm really – I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. Brian Cage, this dude is just a, a – a rare he's a he's a rarity in in professional wrestling the guy is right. just if you could build the perfect wrestler this guy is it i mean strength yeah. size athleticism power we talk about the control how safe his power is um when you put him in the ring against adam adam page you know you're trying to legitimize your number one contender you got him going against a guy like Brian Cage. If he could put down Swolverine, if he could put down the machine, Hangman Anna Page is is going to really get some people talking going into where, where we are with him going into against needing a title shot. People are going to be demanding for Hangman Anna Page to get that title shot because he's, he's going to have some big wins under his belt if he can pull off a big one over Brian Cage, man. No doubt, definitely. No doubt. And now, now we're seeing Penta uh, move on to the next victim of the best friends in Orange Cassidy. We're going to see Orange Cassidy back in the ring. You know, he has had kind of a light 21 of in-ring wrestling. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully no injuries or anything like that. But so one-on-one Orange Cassidy, Penta L0M. Um, 
always great to see Penta. I'm always a huge fan of him. You know, I was more of a Penta fan before Phoenix, but Phoenix has skyrocketed for me, man. I'm the biggest Phoenix mark for sure. Uh, I can't wait for uh, Orange Cassie. I think he'll he'll take the win so they can kind of trade wins. Unless Penta is going to just pluck him out. Go, one he's going to start breaking our – yeah, yeah. So. I, I like it. I like the, the progression of that story. Yeah. Um, and really – Chris Statlander, who who made her re-debut uh, with the best friends, she gets an opportunity to go against Penelope Ford, right. who has to be chomping at the bit to get some revenge on Chris after getting some plexiglass to the oh face. Oh, my gosh. That was that so one. brutal. I mean, when you watch that so one brutal. in slow motion, it she it, she took that one. She ate it. So you know Penelope Ford is going to want to get a little offense in on Chris here. She's going to be chomping at the bit. To get a little, to rub Chris's nose in it a little bit, maybe bust her in the face a little bit. It's gonna be an interesting match, man. And with 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 honestly, with Orange Cassidy and Statlander on the card, the best friends yeah. are well represented. Really uh, building towards what I see is potential big run for those guys moving forward. Yeah, like I said before, the hottest trio in wrestling, you know, early on, and uh, would be a perfect fit to have if they do ever debut the trios champion would they be the best friends to 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 have that on them you know a yep. nice baby face to really give the people what they want got to, so man. um young bugs versus mike and or matt and mike seidel you know i'm huge seidel brothers fans i think they're really impressive in the ring so these two clashes are pretty similar styles oh, yeah. um, with the high flying innovative stuff so i can't wait for this i know we've seen like them share the ring before a little bit, but this should be uh, another one of those young bucks open the card with a banger match. Uh, I put five on here twice, but I meant to put six for the last one. But <laughs> <laughs> It's all good, man. The five time, five time. Five time, yeah. five time. And then, um, you know, just looking at this card, I don't even know what can main event. You could have this Nightmare Family versus the Factory main event because the feud is so hot and just to really put the trust in this. So um yeah wow you're right man for for you know talk about like you you said it once you'll say it again man like when you talk about um you know investing and believing in that un like that homegrown talent what a showcase that would be man what a showcase to have the nightmare family in the factory in the main event next week's show certainly i think well deserving given how, how sure. intense that rivalry is that's gonna be a lot of fun man and and again the more we get to see of those youngsters in the yeah. factory, the more we get to see of that, um, the better, in my opinion. I'm really in in on what they have in that group. I think that QT's got a, a, a lineup of yeah. killers in that one. This is going to be a good show next week, man. And again, really you know, is yeah. some of those some of the, like some of those interesting matchups. SP, you're not like you know they have the young bucks on this show, but really doing a nice job of fleshing out the the. The overall roster, giving other people opportunities, building stories, getting us fans involved and captivated by all sorts of great storylines in the landscape of AEW. Really geeking out over next week's show, brother. That said, we're going to touch base again on Friday for Friday Night F Flights and Fights. Make sure yeah. you check in that. And tomorrow, Bonds is going to have his column up. You're going to definitely going to want to read that. Bonds oh, yeah. is the Bonds is the third the third wheel of this one. He's he rolls with us through thick and thin. He's our head he's our head writer. My man absolutely comes through. And that column is one of the I, I mean, I've been reading stuff since I was, you know, a teenager online, right? Reading recaps and stuff. 
Bonds' yeah. column is every bit as good as anywhere you'll find anywhere else on the net. This kid knows what he's talking about. Make Agreed. sure you check us out on awdynamitedownload.com. SPD, I know you're going to be getting some good clips up on Instagram throughout the week, doing the grind like you do, my friend. Um, fans, thank you so much for joining us out there. AW Nation, AW Family, we love y'all. Pushing it best we can to make sure you guys have a place to come to to talk positively about the company that we love. That's right. We'll see you again on Friday, everybody. See you guys, and good night.